This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. Welcome back to the Relic Radio Show. Thanks for joining me this Tuesday for another hour of radio drama. We begin this week with Rocky Jordan and Journey to Nashir, his episode from June 26th, 1949. After that, it's Rocky Fortune. And the prize fight fix, his story from December 29th, 1953. Time now for Rocky Jordan. Not far from the Mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Cafe Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, Journey to Nashir. A lot of people around Cairo disapprove of a place like my Cafe Tambourine. Ah, that's their privilege. But with the European residents, the perspiring tourists, and the usual element that drifts down the delta from the waterfronts, the place manages to stay busy. Me, I just try to satisfy the customers and keep my nose out of trouble. But then you never know. Anyhow, it was strictly business the hot afternoon I went down to the Laredo Company on Sharia Akin. They were Spanish importers and wholesalers of bottled goods. Kind of new to Cairo. My stock at the tambourine was getting low, and one of their brassy salesmen had been beating his chops daily for my trade, so I decided to give him a whirl. Mr. Laredo himself took me in tow. He was a smooth-talking, well-dressed man with olive skin, a wax mustache, and a high-powered spiel. Our line is absolutely complete, Senor Jordan. We can give you prices no one in Cairo can duplicate. Yeah, sure. Careful merchandising, Senor. There is a secret. A small profit, but a fast turnover. That is our motto. Remember... That sounds good. 100 case slots, and you cash in on our discount plan. The customer makes the money at Laredo. That is our motto. Well, that's all very fine, Mr. Laredo. That is outstanding. From the manufacturer to you with guaranteed liberal credit. At Laredo's, you put more opportunity in your future. That's your motto. Exactly, Senor Jordan. And now, if you will permit me to show you... Oh, uh, that is uh, for me. The telephone, possibly. If you uh, will, take uh, your time. Uh, just have a chair. Excuse me, senor. I will be right back. I didn't mind the wait. The rear of the wholesale house looked cool and inviting after the sweller of the street. So I wandered back, browsing among the cases piled and stacked everywhere. It looked like Laredo had just what I wanted. I strolled around through the narrow aisles, letting my eyes become accustomed to the shadows, and I suddenly made out a stack of cases that loomed up like a long-lost friend. It was a mineral water from my favorite spa in South America. I hadn't seen any in years. I pulled a bottle out, found a nail to get it open, and proceeded to sample it. Just as I raised the bottle to my lips, Laredo showed, and he came charging down the aisle like a bull seeing red. Senor, do not. No, 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 no. That is not for sale, senor. Do not drink it. It was too late. I spit most of it out, but swallowed enough to take the roof off the top of my head. 
For a moment, I was stunned. Then I was confused. And it seemed like a thousand little flames began to lick my inside. When I fell back against the cases, I was suddenly aware that Laredo was standing rigid. A kind of dumb and sad expression on his face. Que lastima. Oh, don't just... I don't stand there. to warn you, senor. Give me some water, you stupid fool. Hurry up. I am afraid, senor Jordan, there is nothing I can do now. I tried to scream at him, but didn't quite make it. I doubled up in pain, and the next thing I knew, I was groveling at Laredo's feet. It got dark then, and the rest was like a nightmare. First, I was tossed in the sea, and again by a howling wind. There were times when I was conscious of a strange odor. It was overpowering and hung like a dead weight. Then the sea and the wind and the odor got all mixed up, spinning me off into nowhere. When I came drifting back, my body was still and quiet. My eyes opened and there was more spinning. Not me this time, but a little ceiling fan making like a sunbeam mixmaster. Only it didn't help any. I was in a small room, flat on my back. Here and there was sprinkled some white enamel. And there was another smell, like a hospital. I pulled my eyes to the window and all I could see was sand. I went back to sleep for a while and when I woke up again, the same burning was in my throat and my lips were parched and dry. There was more white. Some of it moved. I looked up to see a spare, mild-eyed man staring down over his beard at me. There, now, you're coming around. You'll be all right now. Will I? I am Dr. Cooper. Well, Jordan's my name. Well, maybe you know. Now, just relax. We will talk later. Where, where's Lorena? Uh, 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 no, I, I wouldn't sit up. Not yet. Where is he? Uh, here. Here, drink this. There. Ah, yeah. That's better, is it not? Yeah, thanks. You haven't answered me. Oh, Mr. Jordan, why can't people like you and I learn the ways of the Oriental? What does that mean? Resignation at times such as this. You have been through an ordeal. Your mind should be at peace. But then I have tried to. Tell me about Laredo. I'm sorry I never heard of him. And what's this? How did I get in this place? Not much of a hospital, I admit. But the best we have is a tiny outpost like Nashir. Nashir? Uh, please, lie back, Mr. Jordan. I was in Cairo only a few minutes ago. We are 50 miles from Cairo. Uh, but then your mind will clear. The heat and the sand does such things, you know. How'd I get here? Why is anyone here? I was a good doctor till... till a slip of the scalpel and... Then... That's uh, uh, all very interesting. Now, what about me? A camel driver named Pandit brought you in 18 hours ago. Where is he? He's outside, but there is no hurry. I want to see that guy. Get him in here. Very well. If you insist. Pandit, you may come in. Ah, you feeling better, yes, sir? I haven't made up my mind yet. You are indebted to Pandit. He found you in the desert. Yes, sir. Half covered by the sun. Your pockets were empty. Nothing to tell who you are. I don't get it. Very strange, sir. Beyond where I found you, there is not water for many kilometers. A few more hours and you would have died. Yeah. Doc, was I poisoned or what? Poisoned? That's very doubtful. You must have wandered about without eating for days. Oh, you're all wrong. Oh, you were dry as a bone. A stomach pump couldn't have been more thorough. Well, maybe I am losing my mind. What do you make of it, Doc? I'm only a doctor, Mr. Jordan. Problems beyond that are only confusing. Perhaps that's why I'm out here, at such a place. 
It was only a small mistake. Listen, I was in a wholesale house in Cairo. I sampled some mineral water, and the next thing I know, I've been dehydrated and left in the desert to die. Very strange, sir. What went on in between? You're tired. You need rest. It wasn't mineral water. That's a cinch. I wouldn't know. That's what gets me. If they left me out here to die, why did they take such pains to make sure no trace of that firewater was inside of me? Very strange, sir. Yes, strange. So many things about you, Mr. Jordan. Yeah, what else? How is it that you have never had your tonsils out? I talked the doc out of a tonsillectomy and talked Pondit into loading me on a camel and getting me to the road along the Nile that led back to Cairo. And by one way or another, I was finally back in the city late that night and unlocking the door to my tambourine. I made it up to my quarters and fell across the bed and was asleep without undressing. Next I knew it was morning. I was awakened by somebody moving around below, so I went down. It was Chris, my bartender. Rocky, you old son of a gun. Hi, Chris. Thanks for opening up. Where you been? We've been looking all over for you. Uh, You can relax. Hey, you know, Rocky, you look bad. Everything all right? Oh, just a little dehydrated. I made up some coffee. Oh, that'll help. Thanks. Last I knew, you went over to the Laredo Company. What happened after that? Mr. Laredo can tell you better than I can. We called there last night, but no answer. I don't get it, Rocky. Uh, I'll tell you about it. Sure, sure. I hear some canned milk. No, I think I'll take it black. Captain Sabaya's been looking for you, Rocky. Yeah, what about? I guess we were all trying to find you, only he came back two or three times last night. Seemed kind of sore. Oh, he can wait. Think you can keep things going here for a while, Chris? Sure. You go ahead and rest. Yeah, not till I see Laredo. Hey, gee, Rock, you're in no condition to go anyplace. Start worrying about Laredo. He's going to need it. I grabbed a taxi a couple of blocks down, and 20 minutes later, I was at the Laredo Company. The front door was open, but nobody was around. Upstairs, I found Laredo's office. It was locked, but a couple of shoves snapped it open, and I was inside. It was empty, too. So I tried the next best thing and started rifling through the papers on top of the desk. There were some names on an appointment pad. I was looking them over when footsteps behind wheeled me around. A girl was standing in the doorway. She was dark and pretty and frightened. I couldn't tell if she was more scared of me or the gun she was holding. If if you're looking for money, you will not find it there. I'll trade it for something else, lady. What do you want? Laredo? He's not here. Stay where you are, I... Sure, sure I will. Oh, no! His gun isn't even loaded. I I know. Okay, okay. Anything but that. Now, come on, take it easy. Here, sit down. Nobody's going to hurt you. Please, please, Mr. Jordan... Buy some from some other wholesaler. Forget about us. What are you getting at? Do not ask questions. For my sake. All I want from here is Laredo. He left on the, on the evening train for Algiers. When's he coming back? I am unable to say. It is a business trip. That is all I know. Just how do you tie in with this layout? I am Rosa Sorno, Mr. Laredo's assistant. But you don't know why he went to Algiers and when he'll be back. Oh, from now on, Rosa, let's make sense. Sense? What went on here yesterday? What was in that mineral water? I I do not know what you're talking about. Only you're plenty scared about something and you come in here with a gun. You were searching through my desk. I did not know who you were. Oh, cut it, Rosie. You already called me by name. Oh. Quit stalling. We got a lot to talk about. Please, please, Mr. Jordan. If you will go back to the tambourine and forget about this for just two days even. Who dumped me out in the desert? Laredo? What difference does it make? You are safe now. If you continue to persist, you will hurt yourself and, and me. Look, I'm no good at riddles. 
If you would trust me, Mr. Jordan, come back two days from now. I will tell you anything you want to know. Two days? Why not now? It's only that... Will you not help me? Uh -uh. It's got to be the other way around. But you do not understand. You do not know what it is like. I... Please go away. No, not till you and I have a look. Come along, Rosa. I took her with me downstairs and into the back. Just as I expected, every case of the mineral water was gone. Rosa wouldn't tell me why or anything else. Well, I couldn't see myself dragging a pretty girl with me around the streets of Cairo, so I left her there, standing alone in the big warehouse like a frightened puppy. It wasn't an act, either. She was scared to death. When I got out to the street, the first thing I saw was a familiar black limousine at the curb. A committee of one stepped out to meet me. Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police. Sir Jordan, you have not disappeared after all. Ah, look, you sound disappointed, Sam. Disappointed? On the contrary. What are you doing here this morning? Oh, they sell stuff I can use. Jordan, I have had little sleep. We will dispense with your evasion. Wait a minute, Sam. Being in your missing persons file wasn't my idea. Just as sorry as you are. Your bartender, Chris, informed me of your disappearance early yesterday. But since then, my interest has become much more complicated. Okay, one more complication won't make any difference. When did you last see Laredo? Two days ago, when I came here to see about some liquor. And where have you been since that time? Sam, if you'll just drive me back to the tambourine, I'll dump the whole thing right in your lap. Get in, Jordan. To headquarters, Ali. Hey, I said the tambourine, Sam. Proceed now, Jordan. What do you wish to tell me? Well, like I told you, I went to see Laredo about some liquor. I sampled some mineral water there. Only it wasn't mineral water. Before Laredo could stop me, I drank some of it. The water knocked you out? Oh, uh, don't bother to turn around. The stuff's gone now. All hundred cases. Naturally. Proceed, Jordan. The next thing I knew, I woke up yesterday afternoon in a hospital in Nashir with an empty stomach and a lot of sunburn. A camel driver picked me up out of the desert. Is that all? If you don't believe me, check with Dr. Cooper at Nashir. I intend to. While you're about it, you might talk to... Uh, Rosa Sarno? I've talked with her at great length. she tell you Laredo uh, left for Algiers? She did. Jordan, is it possible you are trying to protect her? From what, Sam? The only thing I want to do is get my hands on Laredo. I fear that will not be possible. Oh, why? Laredo has been murdered. Stabbed and thrown beneath the wheels of an oncoming train. <laughs> listening to Journey to Nashir, today's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Lux leaves you laughing. Yes, America's favorite dramatic show, Lux Radio Theater, bows off the air for the summer with one of Screenland's funniest comedies. Cary Grant and Betsy Drake retickle America with their original roles in Every Girl Should Be Married. Don't miss this fine screen comedy adapted for radio. You have a date with fun this Monday, tomorrow night at 6 over CBS. Because that's the night Lux leaves you laughing. Now we return you to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Journey to Nashir.
down at headquarters, I repeated my story to Sabaya while he looked at me like a kid that had just robbed the jam shelf. I couldn't tell whom he suspected most for Laredo's death, me or Rosa Sorno. There was nothing to hold me on, so Sam was off to check my alibi with a hospital up in Nashir, and I went on back to the tambourine. I drew a cold beer and sat down in my office with Chris and brought him up to date. Chris has the knack of being a good listener. Sure sounds crazy, Rock. Yeah. With a yarn like that, Sabaya wonders where I fit into Laredo's killing. What about the girl, uh, Rose... Sorno? Yeah, yeah. I got a hunch she's all right. But she's tied in somehow, and she's plenty scared. A hundred cases of mineral water don't disappear into thin air. They were careful enough not to leave any trace of it. Not even in my stomach before they dumped me in the desert. Now, Chris, we'd be wasting our time. It's a cinch whoever got you knocked out took care of Laredo. Maybe. Funny thing, just before I passed out... Yeah, Rock? There was a strange odor. I almost smell it now. All I can smell is Cairo. Somehow it reminds me of when I was a kid. Perfume, maybe. No. I don't know. What now, Rocky? Uh, maybe by now Rose is ready to talk. Oh, you sure ask for it, don't you? By this time, I could have found my way to the Laredo Company in my sleep. But there was an answer there, and I had to find it. The place was as empty as ever downstairs, so I started for the office. As I walked up the steps, Rosa was talking to a guy standing in the doorway. He was big, like an ex-wrestler, and his face was red. When they saw me, they suddenly stopped. There was an awkward silence. I broke it. Oh, uh, don't let me interrupt. Oh, uh, Mr. Jordan, this is uh, Nick Gonolos. Nice knowing you. Why? Nick, please. Goodbye, Rosa. When it ain't so crowded, we'll talk some more. Uh, looks like I walked in at the wrong time. I... I told you not to come here. Friendly guy, Nick. Your boyfriend? Why, no, no. He used to work here. He thinks we owe him back pay. That is all. Sure. Rocky, if you would only leave me alone. Wait a minute. Smell something in here again. It's platine, if that interests you. No, not the perfume. Something else. He's trying to connect it up. Oh, please, I do not understand. Maybe with Nick Canolis. Couldn't be Laredo now, could it, Rosa? Rocky, can you not forget what happened? You are no longer involved in... Uh, Sam Sabaya doesn't think so. It is me he suspects. Should he? No, no, Rocky, I swear to you. But you are making it worse. Why? Make it clear, Rosa. Or has it occurred to you that maybe I'm trying to help you? Then just go back to your cafe. I will call you two days from now and tell you everything, I promise. What are you doing? Uh, this list of names in the appointment book, uh, they all show up today? yes. They are only customers. Yeah, no, take them along anyway. Very well, take them, but please go. You know, you're not playing it very smart. Get out! Why not talk a little, Rosa? Save us both some trouble. Okay. See you later. Rocky! Yeah? Nothing. How do you like a woman who pleads at you with her eyes and tells you to get out? That wasn't all I couldn't figure out about her. All that trip had gotten me was a list of six names. There was an outside chance one of them would help me to the answer. So I started at the top. Antonio Giovanni, 4110 Sharia Ben Amud. It turned out he had a combination liquor and cheese shop. He swatted flies like an old hand. What do you want, mister? It's about a Mr. Laredo of the Laredo Company. You know anything about him? 
Not anything about it. Sure, I wasn't there today. All the, all the liquor I wanted. To... It flies. Yeah, I know. Uh, this is the first time you've been there? First time. What are you, checking up on my credit? Tell him to send me a bill at the end of the month. All right, listen, forget about the liquor. Okay, so I cancel the order. Now get out and take the flies with you. Well, I scratched off the top name and went for the next. The name Abin Woodit. It led to a sort of tourist catch-all counter in the Muski Bazaar. It was presided over by a real pleasant old lady with her veil down. Sell me some information, lady. Ah, Englishy. Mita el Kaid, yes? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Look, it's about a Mr. Laredo. What's he selling? You? <laughs> Laredo? <laughs> Assalamu alaikum, yes? Oh, I can tell we see eye to eye. Yes. And the duka? And the nibi? Intafahimi, yes? <laughs> After some more delightful conversation like that, I got out of the bazaar real quick. I found a street that might turn up a taxi, and just as I stepped to the curb, I felt hot wind on the back of my neck. And it wasn't from the desert. The way he jabbed the gun between my shoulder blades, I knew he meant business. Move toward the alley, Jordan. Oh, I uh, like it better here, Canolis. Move. Well, if you put it like that. Not so fast. Do me a favor. Shut up. Sure, if that makes you happy. Talk, talk, talk. I never knew a man who talks so much. Even talking your sleep. Yeah? Make me weary with talk. What do I say in my sleep, Nick? Just talk, talk, talk. Okay, Jordan. We stop here. You cut the cards. Shut up. Keep looking at the wall. With your hands up. Hey, my, uh, my wallet's not in that pocket. Talk, 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 talk. Why don't you try the inside pocket? That's my idea. He stuck his hand out of my inside coat pocket and I swung around and caught him with the left of the head. I had to stay in close, but he wouldn't fight, only wrestle. He got a headlock and slapped me against the building. It got hazy, but I stayed inside his gun till all at once it came down on the back of my head. I hit the dirt for the three count. When I came up, Canolis was gone. I reached into my pocket for the list of names I'd taken from Laredo's office. All I came up with was a broken fountain pen. Now that meant Canolis had plenty to do with this deal. And maybe Rosa Sorno, too. All I could remember was the scared look in her eyes. From the looks of things, I was the Laredo Company's best customer. Because I went back there for the third time that day. And this time, there was nobody there, not even Rosa. In the office was that same odor again, stronger than ever. In an ashtray by the window, I found it. A half-smoked dark brown cigarette. That second, the door opened are making things difficult, Jordan. Oh, I'm just trying to help, Sam. Come on in. Indeed I will. Where is the girl? She's not here. I got something else. Now, what has that to do Look with... Look at it. A Q-bed. You smoked one when you were a kid? Jordan, you are taxing my patience. Sam, whoever hauled me off in the desert is an asthmatic. They smoke these sometimes. Jordan, I... The smell, it followed me all the way out to the desert. Jordan, there are millions of asthmatics. So how will it help us? Might narrow down the field, Sam. Jordan, the field is immense. Loredo, I discover, has more enemies than we can count. He spent time in a Cuban prison for smuggling drugs. He hid in your country, Carlsbad, New Mexico, for two years to escape the Johannesburg authorities. What for? Drugs again. In many other cities, San Diego, Chile, for example, there are records of him. Sam, 
How about playing ball with me? I want Rosa Sarno. Leave the building, then come back and meet me downstairs in an hour. Are you presuming to tell I me... I want someone to think we've left. The coast is clear. Who, Georgian? Oh, just a hunch. Give me a break. Very well. But after this, if the girl is not found, you will be held responsible. In one hour. Sam left, and I waited in the office a few minutes, then pretended to leave, too. Only I backtracked and slipped into the warehouse. I began to move slowly through the aisle. I heard someone enter the warehouse from the back. I ducked behind some cases and waited. It was Nick Canolis. As he passed, I slid out and shoved the stub of my fountain pen in his back. Hold it, Nick. Are you going to talk some more, Jordan? You, this time. About that list of names. They let no place, Jordan. You see, I'm looking around, too. For what? I just wonder what's coming to me. The door on our left suddenly opened, and there was Laredo, with more life than a jumping bean. Nick, look out! Laredo fired three shots, and they all found their mark. The first creased my shoulder, the other two lodged in Nick, and he crumbled at my feet. Yeah, he got what was coming, but sooner than he expected. Laredo held his gun on me, and I waited. You do not seem surprised to see me, Senor Jordan. Should I? After all, if I am dead, I must be a ghost. It's an easy trick to put your identification on some bum and toss him under a train. <laughs> For that, you get a 10% discount, Georgia. And half smoke Cubab was a dead giveaway. What makes you think it is mine? Uh, the places you've been. Carlsbad, Johannesburg, Santiago. All health resorts for asthmatics. Go to the head of the class, Jordan. I don't qualify yet. What about Nick here? He was a good partner. Until he wanted too much money. And then I had to discard him. Careful merchandising, we call it. I got another name for it. (laughs) You would have been a good salesman, Jordan. Uh, Selling mineral water? It boosted my sales tremendously. All year round stock. That is my motto. Now, kindly step into that room. Shall meet a friend of yours. Yeah. Hello, Rosa. Rocky. Rocky, I wanted to tell you, you I... do not like being kept here, Jordan. But now that you have come... Don't look at me like that, Rocky. I couldn't even warn you. I can you. think I of a couple of times. Loredo was in the next room. He was there all the time. He would have killed us both. Well, that explains a few things. How about the rest? When Mr. Loredo asked me to to invest in a wholesale business in Cairo, it looked like a good venture. I didn't know what he was really doing until it was too late. Quite right. And now I leave you and Rosa to explain Nick. That won't be hard. Do not be so certain. After all, I could not have killed him. I am dead, remember? All the time I was looking around the room, there were no windows... The light came from a naked bulb hanging at the end of a long cord by a stack of cases that rose above it. I took a deep breath, grabbed Rosa, and threw myself at the cases with everything I had. It worked. The light went out, and I pulled Rosa down, my hand tightly over her mouth. She got the idea and stayed quiet. It was pitch dark now. I waited and listened. Laredo was doing the same. It was cat and mouse. Only Laredo had the gun. So the move was up to me. Then I got an idea. There was a lot of dust in the air from the overturned cases and a lot more on the floor. I began to blow it into the air, slowly and methodically. In a few minutes, it began to play havoc with Laredo's asthma. I moved quickly and quietly. I knew where he was now. 
couple of more steps, and then I dove. I landed right on top of him. We rolled over and over, and then I lost him again. All of a sudden, a light flashed across the room from the open door. Ricky, he's getting away. Keep back, Rosa. Someone was blasting away in the next room. All of a sudden, it got quiet. Rosa and I waited to be sure it was safe. Then I got her to her feet, and we hurried out into the warehouse. It was Sabaya. He was standing over Laredo with a puzzled look on his face. Gave me no choice. He started to shoot as soon as he saw me. Well, I'll bring you up to date, Sam. Over there, Nick Canolis. At your feet, Laredo. L- Laredo? Is he right, Miss Orlando? Yes, but I... You see, Sam, Laredo had a sweet racket. Even Rosa didn't know the score until it was too late. The score, Jordan? Dissolving illicit drugs and sneaking them into the country is mineral water. I don't know just how it worked. If you evaporate the contents of the bottle, the drugs remain at the bottom. Hmm. That should teach you, Jordan, not to sample everything you wish to buy. Oh, on the contrary, Sam. It's a must. Careful merchandising. That is my motto. It's CBS, again at this same time, next week for another story of adventure and intrigue, when we take you back to Cairo and the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Rocky Jordan, starring Jack Moyles in the title role, is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music by Richard Arant. Tonight's story was by Bernard Gerard, edited by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool. This is Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. NBC presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. You ever notice how some guys go through life and nothing ever happens? Not even a ticket for speeding? Another guy, every time he orders a bowl of chowder, he finds a live octopus in it. Well, that's the story of my life. You take last week, I was sitting in a one-armed joint drinking black coffee and reading the one ads when I noticed a couple of ape-like characters giving me the double O. After a while, they leave that table and come over to mine. What if it ain't my old pal Gandolfo? I beg your pardon? Come on, Gandolfo. Don't give me the no-capiche routine. Mitchell's been looking all over for you. 
You shouldn't have took off in the hotel room this morning without telling anybody. Look, Buster. The name is Stanley, remember? Okay, Stanley, let's get something straight. My name ain't Gondolfo. I never laid an eyeball on you in all my life, and I like to eat alone. You got it? Sure, 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 Gondolfo. Come on, we'll go back to the hotel and see Mitchell. Lover boy, I just finished telling you... I don't want to have to get tough, Gondolfo. On account of, I uh, wouldn't want to cripple you before the fight tonight. So let's go quiet. For the last time, beat it. You bother me. Okay, Gondolfo. Now, just so we understand each other, this what you feel pressed up against your side ain't a briar pipe. You follow me? I follow you. Good. Follow me. And don't try nothing funny or I'll be forced to take drastic action which might cause leakage in your radiator and valves. Okay? Okay. Stanley is about eight feet tall with hands like dredges. Also, he's carrying a small-sized railway gun in his hip, which is right next to my head. So I go. We take a taxi to a cheap downtown hotel, and Stanley escorts me to a room on the second floor. Okay, this is it. Look, if you're going to roll me, pal, you're in for a big disappointment. Shake me upside down, all you find is a key. Candle lip dribble. Come in. Hello, Stanley. Boss, look who. I found him. Come in. Shut the door. I'm sitting in a resting seat, and I look up and bingo. Right at the next table is our wandering boy, the great Gandolfo. Sit down. Look, mister. I said sit down. Thanks. I can see how you made the mistake, Stanley. What mistake? Thinking this punk was Gandolfo. What do you mean? What's your name, punk? Rocky Fortune. Punk, what's yours? Don't get fresh. Should I hit him? Take it easy, Stanley. Boss, he's lying. This is Gandolfo, I tell you. Shut up, Stanley. You have to forgive, Stanley. He used to be a wrestler. He got dropped in his head a couple of times too often. Would you mind telling me what this is all about as long as I'm here? Not at all. You ever heard of Luis Gandolfo? Yeah, he's a fighter, ain't he? Some bum from Argentina or Brazil? He's a fighter and he's also a bum, but he happens to be from Bolivia. Yeah, I read about him. I'm his manager, Mike Mitchell. I can't say it's a pleasure. Stanley here helps handle him. Who handles Stanley, a zookeeper? Boss, could I hit him like once, maybe? Luis Gandolfo is scheduled to meet Kid Cool in the garden tonight. The winner gets a crack to the Bantamweight champ. According to the sports hawks, your boy's about as much chance as a snowball in Havana. Less than that, Rocky. The odds are six to one that Kid Cool knocks him out, and we're betting against him. Yeah, sounds like you got the tank all rigged up. We had it all rigged up, but Gandolfo got cold feet and skipped, which leaves us holding the bag. What's in the bag, Mr. Mitchell? $600,000. Oh, wow. We invest 600 G's and we make 100 G's profit. No fighter, no fight. No fight, all bets off, right? Exactly. Only we got a fighter. Yeah, who? You. Boss. Shut up, Stanley. You're a dead ringer for our boy Gandolfo, Mr. Fortune. All you have to do is step in the ring for two rounds. That kid cool paste you and down you go. Well, it's been nice talking to you fellas, honey. At the time that you need somebody to stand up under a falling blackjack or lay down in front of a freight train, get in touch with me. Tonight I'm busy. I gotta Hold it. Over... I gotta go, really. He said, hold it. You're not going anyplace, Mr. Fortune. You're gonna step in that ring tonight like you were the great Gandolfo himself. If I don't? If you don't, Stanley here's gonna fillet you. One bone at a time. You understand? I begin to get the picture. Oh. 
coffee in a joint, the next I'm a candidate for a bruise at the garden. I settle down in the hotel room to wait for developments, which begin to develop rapidly. Who is it? Press! Just a sec. Okay, Gandolfo. Now you're going to let the reporter see you. What do I say, goo-goo? Gandolfo, don't talk very good English. Just say, see. Okay. Let him in, goofball. Right. Well, well, if it ain't the South American Boxing Association. How's the boy, Mike? A tiger. He's ready to murder that kid cool. Right, Gandolfo? See. He don't look in such good shape. He's deceptive. Right, Dolph? See. Look, Johnny, give him a good write-up, huh? He's six to one to lose. He needs encouragement. Right now, he needs rest. Okay, I'll give him a plug in Espanol. Okay, Mike. See you. Yeah, thanks for coming by. More? Open it. Oh, let me kiss you, baby. Yeah, why not? <sighs> baby, why you don't call me? He's been training, Loopy. Come on now, beat it. You can see him after the fight. Good luck, Louis. Kiss me. See? Honey, I'm not Luis. I'm Rocky Fortune, 52 Bleakman Street. Get the cops. Buenos dias, pumpkin. Buenos dias, querido. Buenos dias, Mike. Sure, see you after the fight, honey. Nice girl. Mine? Uh-huh. What do I call her? Loopy Monsoon. She's a chorus girl at the Latin segment. Nuts about you. Too bad you tried to tip her off, though. Me? Yeah, I saw you whisper to her, Rocky. Stanley. Yeah, boss. Go after her. Stick with her, and if she does anything suspicious, like calling the cops, stop her. Sure, boss. Oh, Stanley. Yeah, boss. Before you go, say goodbye to Gandolfo here. Show him we mean business. Uh... Pleasure, boss. Bonos dios, punk. That night, I am hustled over to the garden with Mike Mitchell's automatic nuzzling my ribs. I dress, weigh in, and have the gloves put on by Stanley, who has returned from tailing Loopy Monsoon. Finally, the warning buzzer sounds, and I am escorted into the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, now the main event of the evening. In this corner, the spectacular bantamweight from Brooklyn, USA, the fighting game cop, Kid Cool. And over here, a newcomer to American boxing circles, direct from the campus of Bolivia... The Bolivian Jaguar, Luis Gandolfo. Okay, now remember, Rocky. You're footed around for one round, and the end of the second round, you dive. It's all set. Kid Cool's gonna give you the signal so you can make it look good. I don't think I can stand up for one round. You do like we say. If you don't, you get killed. Simple? Too simple. Okay, now get in there. And remember, we're right behind you. and I'm on my bicycle trying to keep away from Kid Cool, who's after me like I was the mechanical rabbit at the dog races. I managed to outleg him for the first couple of minutes, but as the bell rings, he tags me with a right that makes me see double. I stagger into my corner and flop. Nice footwork, Rocky. 
You're practicing for the Olympic sprints or something. The fans are screaming for blood. Yeah, Mark. Let him tag you a couple of times to make it look good. He'll tell you when to flop. He won't need to tell me I'm ready to flop now. opposite corner, I see Kid Cool eyeing me like I'm for sale. Cheap. He takes a swig of his water bottle and comes out of his corner with murder written all over him. I stagger out and manage to grab him for a clinch. Come on, break up the clinch. This ain't no dance marathon. Let me hit you a couple of times, kid, just so I don't get an inferiority complex. Okay, but when I wink, wait for my swing and go down. Got it? Right. Break. Sure. Here, big boy, try this one. Get to a new corner, Gandalfo. One, two... Three. Get up, kid. Get up. Four, I never laid a glove on him, so five, help me. Six. Seven. Come on, kid. I didn't mean it. Eight. Honest. Get up, boy. Nine. Ten. Kid Cool is still laid out like a dress suit when I stagger back to my corner. Stanley helps me into my bathrobe while he's murmuring plans for my total destruction in the one ear. I decided it's time for me to vacate the premises. Let's go, punk. Take him to the locker room, Stanley, and finish him off. Listen, I never touched that guy, honest. He just folded up on me. $600,000 down the drain. You're gonna sweat for this fortune. Yeah, before I sweat, Mitchell, you gotta catch me. Grab him! Lady, I gotta catch a plane. I bust away from Stanley's hot little paws and squirm through the crowd to the exit. I am probably the only fighter in history to win a fight and break an Olympic sprint mark at the same night. Luckily, there's a cab outside the garden. I jump in and give him the go-go. Step on it, Uncle. 52 Bleakman Street. Gee, must have been giving you an awful beating to make you run out of the garden like that. And the commentary. Let's move. Okay, hang on. You mind if I ask you what happened in there? I won. If you won, I'd hate to see the other guy. That's clever. <laughs> I tell the hacky to wait outside my flat while I go up for some money and a change of clothes. The place is dark when I get there, but even before I turn the light on, I can smell the perfume. Good evening. Buenas noches. Yeah. <laughs> Buenas noches yourself and a happy besame mucho. I was so worried about you. Didn't you understand the message I whispered in your ear? Of course, but this Stanley, he followed me all day until it is too late. I remember your address, and I come up here to tell you. Is that all? No. I want to know if you know where Luis is. Oh. Mitchell told me he flew the coop. That's all I know. I have not seen him for three days now. He's probably on a fast plane to Bolivia, which is where I should be if I want to live to be 34. The gamblers have taken a big beating, no? 
They have taken a big beating. See. It's too bad they all pay off before they find out Kid Cool was poisoned. Who cares if they didn't find... What? You have not heard? Kid Cool was poisoned. They find this stuff in his water bottle. Is he... Is he dead? Mm, no, no. Just very sick. Meanwhile, the gamblers have paid off many bets. I thought there was something phony about that nosedive he took. Any ideas about who did it? No. Whoever it was must have collected a nice hunk of change, as you say. Yeah, it was somebody who knew Luis was slated to take a dive and figured to pull a fast one on the gambling boys. Maybe Mike Mitchell do this himself. Maybe anybody. You, Gandolfo, Stanley, even me. Look, baby, it won't take much long to locate this place. I got to get dressed and blow. I'll see you some other time. I, I give you goodbye, Keith. Yeah. <sighs> mm, baby. Yes. One favor? Yes. Help me get the boxing gloves off, huh? It occurs to me that Loopy Monsoon is pretty free with a lipstick, but who am I to complain? I hustle her out in about an hour and start packing for a quick trip to Tibet. As I knock on the door, my knees take it from there. Hold it. Okay, okay. Greetings. Well, if it ain't my old pal, Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger of the Gestapo. Come in, Sarge. I'm glad to see you. I'll bet. What brings you? I'm not sure, but I think it was a phone tip to headquarters. If this is another practical joke, Rocky, I'm going to have you stuffed and roasted, so help me. I don't even know what you're talking about. A dame calls up headquarters and says there's a dead man at 52 Bleakman, apartment 2B. That's you. A dead man? Maybe she meant me. You don't know about this? It sounds like a gag. Yeah, darn it. Okay, Fortune, this is positively my last word on the subject. Any more trouble from you, and I'm resigning from the force. walks out and I open the closet door to put on my other suit, the one with two sleeves. As I open the closet, a guy who looks exactly like me falls out on his face. It ain't me. It's Luis Gondolfo, the Bolivian Jaguar. He ain't much of a Jaguar because he's been speared in the neck till dead. I stuff him back in the closet and head uptown after a quick run through the phone book. I am in trouble and I think I know who's responsible. Rocky, darling. Whoa, whoa, down, girl. Whoa, no more mush. Back up. You don't like me no more? All I want right now is information. What about? About Luis Gondolfo. You have seen him? No, baby, but you have. What? Listen, honey, there was a fresh corpse in my closet when you left the apartment, and I didn't put it there. A corpse of whom? Of Luis Gondolfo. Madre de Dios. Don't pretend you didn't know anything about it. You went right down and phoned the cops, freaking the whole thing and be pinned on me. You're crazy. Well, why should I do such a thing? You want to know? Because you were the one who cleaned out the bookmakers on the fight tonight. You poisoned Kid Cool's bottle and bet everything you had on me. And you collected, too. But love boy Gandalfo showed up and wanted his cut. So you lured him up to my apartment and slipped a hat pin into his juggler. And you called the gendarmes, figuring I'd take the rap. Is that right? Or am I dreaming? Senor Rocky, you are crazy. Maybe I am. You ain't the first one to tell me. But just to prove how crazy I am, do you mind if I take a look around this place? Help yourself. 
Maybe if you tell me what you're looking for, I can save you the time. I'm not sure, baby. It's either roll of bills 600 grand deep or some poison. If you look for money, I, I cannot help you. Poison I will be most happy to furnish. Very funny. By the way, that big picture hat you were carrying in your hand in my apartment. I don't suppose you wear that with a hat pin, do you? A hat pin? Uh-huh. Let's see. This should be the hat closet. And this is the hat. And these are the holes for the hat pin. Where's the pin? Pin? I, I think perhaps I have lost it. Yeah. You lost it in Gandolfo's throat, maybe. I will not stand for this. Get out. Where's the money, Loopy? There is no money. You want me to call the cops now, or are you going to level? Mm-hmm. Oh, very well. How much do you want? And you did slip the hat pin to Gandolfo. He, he threatened me. He wants the whole share. That's what I thought. How much do you want? Let's see the stuff. In the drawer of the desk over there. Here? No. The bottom drawer. Uh-huh. This one's empty, baby. So is your head, Senor Fortune. Not only do I let her sap me, I even bend over so she can lay a brass candlestick right back in my ear where it'll do the most good. Always a gentleman, that's me. Sometime later, the purple merry-go-round comes to a halt and I see a familiar ugly puss bending over me. Oh. Take it easy, dream boy. Oh, my head. Any sweet, Loopy? Just like a sleeping baby. Oh. How did you get here, knucklehead? Now, I might have just dropped in by chance, or then again, Loopy might have called me on the electric telephone to help her get rid of what's left of you. I begin to get the picture now. You two are in this together. Mm-hmm. You are very clever, Senor Fortune. So clever, you nose yourself right into a coffin. Get her with the New York accent. What do we do, baby? Get rid of him. He knows too much. He guesses the rest. How about I should drop him out the window, huh? Don't be an idiot, Stanley. we got to get him away from the apartment. Okay. I'll bump him here and we'll drop him off the palisade. Okay, but just make it snappy. Turn around, Fortune. Can we talk this over? I said turn around. He says turn around. So I turn. Hey, want it make a noise? Yeah, this cannon's got a silence. Okay, get it over with. So long, Fortune. <coughs> don't move, either of you. Mike. I said don't move or you'll get what Stanley got. Thanks for the rescue, Mitchell. Don't thank me, Fortune. You may be next. So you and the numbskull thought you could double-cross me and get away with it, huh, Loopy? You should know better than that. Not Mike, I-, I swear I wasn't in on it. It was Stanley's idea. Yeah, don't give me that, baby. I followed that meathead over here, and I was standing in the hall for ten minutes listening to Listen, you two. Mike, it wasn't my idea. Stanley doesn't have the brains to figure out a scheme like that. Poisoning cool and then betting against the odds. Fortune, it was his idea. Oh, sure. It was my idea to have Stanley shoot me in the back of the head so I could look innocent, too. Okay, Loopy, where's the dough? What, Mike? The dough, the moolah. You were picking up bundles from every bookmaker in town after the fight, including me. No, Mike, honest. You're going to play possum. Okay. Now, where's the dough? But you know it ain't polite to hit a lady like Loopy with the palm of your hand. You should use your knuckles. I'm not going to play around much longer, Loopy. Where's the dough? Well, it's in the suitcase in the bedroom. Shall we all take a little walk into the bedroom? Now, don't try anything. Let's go. There. Open it. You really cleaned up on that fight. Okay, close it and hand it over. Okay, Mike. Now, both of you, over the other side of the bed. Move. 
Mike, what are you going to do? You two characters are going to have a little lover's quarrel. Let's knock over a couple of lamps to make it look good. So when the cops find you both dead, they won't have to strain their imagination. What about Stanley? How are you going to explain him? Well, just make it a triangle. You see, I'm not going to have to do any explaining because by the time the authorities reach this place, I'm going to be on a plane for nowhere with a suitcase full of government certificates. Okay, Loopy, you first. So long, Chisler. Okay, hold it. Oh, my arm. It's only a scratch. You okay, Rocky? Fine. Get me a doctor. Can't you see I'm bleeding? Yeah, sure, sure. Your timing was fine, Sarge, but how'd you locate us? I went back to your apartment for a second look and found Gandalfo in the closet. I traced you through a hacky who was parked outside your flat. Holy smokes, I forgot all about him. Well, he remembered you. He took the number of the cab you left in. Yeah, I guess I owe him a fat tip, huh? As far as I know, he's downstairs and his meter is still running. I better get down there. Now, just a minute. Yeah? If Gandalfo was dead in your flat, who fought at the garden tonight? How should I know? Gandolfo didn't have a mark on him. He's a pretty tricky fighter. How come you got a bruise on your cheek? Me, Sarge? I ran into a door. Honest. NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Jack Mather, Joe Forte, Jack Carroll, Maya Gregory, Maurice Hart, Barney Phillips. Tonight's script was written by George Lefferts. Andrew C. Love directed. And now, to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Next week, I'll tell you about a job I wasn't hired for. I asked for this one because I wanted it. It took me from one end of the country to the other. Only I almost didn't make the other end. Rough? Brother, it was killing. Remember, if you must travel at night, use the utmost caution. Most of all, slow down from your normal daytime driving speed. You may have the vision of an owl after dark, but your number may be up if you drive too fast. At all times, drive as though your life depends on it. It does. Visit with Fibber McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network. That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. You can find more from the Rockies at relicradio.com. Alongside thousands of other old-time radio episodes, all the other podcasts, our shoutcast stream, and anything else we may have going on, you can donate and help support this and all of the shows by visiting donate.relicradio.com or clicking on one of the links on the website. 15 years of Relic Radio. Thanks to your support, and thanks for joining me today. Be back next Tuesday with another hour of the Relic Radio Show.